Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 429. My name is Eric Nelson. And with me today, I have my co-host, John White. It is Wednesday, April 11th, 2018. John, how are you doing? Doing really well, Eric. Uh, it was a great drive across the bay today. It was a, almost a light black blue. That's the color of the bay report. color of the bay report has been nice weather. We've had a couple of sunny days. Uh, on the show today, we are going to have Bob uh, Goldson, and Bob is a solutions architect for VMware, and we're going to be talking about NSX and how NSX increases performance. So there's been some great studies on performance with NSX, and Bob's been uh, out evangelizing those. He's got a video out on YouTube that talks through it. So we've got Bob on the show, and Bob's in the studio. So Bob, hey, thanks for coming in. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, great. Uh, before we get to Bob and the main topic, and we'll do a little bit of news, and then we'll we'll move on. So, uh, in the news, let's see. We're still processing the vSAN vExperts application. So I've heard a lot on social. When are we going to announce them? Uh, shout out to Duncan Epping. Duncan and crew are actually reviewing all the apps. I think we had over 250 apps for the uh, vSAN program under nice. vExperts. Yeah, nice. uh, we are. It is pretty high standards. So. Um, that, you know they're going through everybody, and you know we'll probably you know filter it down. It's all points driven, so we're allocating points accordingly to the activities. But you had to be pretty serious about vSAN. You had to do a lot of external outbound evangelism mm-hmm. to to make that happen. So just be aware that uh, uh, they're they're processing those, and we should we should be ready to announce in a, in another week or so. So hopefully that'll happen. But don't get your hopes up too high unless you're like a really big evangelist for vSAN. A lot of people applied, so good for that. Um, VMworld, Vegas this year, May 8, May 8th, registration opens, so watch for that. Uh, again, the the theme is begins with you, so you got to begin by registering. Right? And yeah, I'm just excited to know that there's an official registration date. Yeah, that's that's. Exciting. You know, we, we've done this in the past where there's an official registration date and then they open it like a two days early or something oh. like our schedule builder. We've yelled at them going, okay, if you're going to publish a schedule builder date, you have to be accurate on it because people, it's like when the concert tickets open up, right? Like people really take it serious as they should because things fill up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, my, my uh, tent is ready. I'm going to be camping out. Waiting for that. Uh, Waiting, ready. ready. Open. That's right. The schedule builder is the key, right? Um, yeah. uh, but uh, we, they all know that now. So they, when they do announce dates, uh, they try to stay to them now because it's, it's important for everybody to know what they are and be there. Uh, VForm is going uh, to be live April 18th. That's an online event. So you can go register for that and participate that online. I know CloudCred is going to be running some activities. So you can win some prizes and get some badges and tasks. Uh, Go, go join online and be part of the forum. This is the U.S. one, I believe, but I think it can be international, but it's, I think it's in English, and I think it's hosted in the U.S. somewhere. Um, April 16th through the 19th in Power, the new partner exchange for our partner ecosystem. I think that's going on in Atlanta, so 16th and 19th. Uh, if you're interested in still doing that, I think you can still reg and be part of that if you want to. That's for the uh, partner ecosystem, so you probably want to be a solution provider or reseller yeah. or solution integrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a customer, I mean, it's probably yeah. not, it's not, not aimed at customers. Not your place. I yeah. think you've got to be a registered partner. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, and then finally, um, VMworld, on the theme of VMworld, uh, we are putting together a program to encourage bloggers to blog about some topics for VMworld, free topics like what was your favorite session last year, what's your favorite event, what's your favorite off-campus event, what's your favorite bar, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be putting that together. Watch, uh, if you're part of BlogBeat, um, watch for Elsa Mayer. She's going to be uh, putting that out and doing requests for blogs. So if you're part of the VMTN um, network program where we promote blogs on VMware's properties, uh, watch out for that. We're going to be doing call for interesting VMworld blogs, articles, just to encourage Reg and get everybody excited about what there is at VMworld and the potential around that. Right, right. Um, we are organizing the hackathon uh, again this year. We're going to have a uh, more code presence uh, this year with more code sessions, and of course the VMTN session uh, with uh, the brown bag are are going to open up. So um, pay attention to all this. We're ramping up. I'm kind of getting excited for it this year. It's going to be a good VM world. I was just reading some blogs from the the outputs from last year and how excited people were to participate. It's just, it was just amazing. Yes. Such a good idea. Yeah, and uh, now that this we know that it's going to work and we can put them in session, we can sketch builder and people come and it's crowded, yeah. we can actually do funner things because um, last year we didn't know whether it was going to work. And in previous years it didn't work. We never had them in session builder. Yeah. And so people didn't know to come. So, you know, if we did spend money on extra things in the previous yeah. years, it was just a waste. Yeah, it was just sat around with. 15 boxes of t-shirts, right? So this year, because we know we'll have people there, we should be able to do some cooler things during it as well. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. With that, I think that's all I have for news. Unless anybody in the chat has uh, something they want to share from a community perspective around news. Sometimes Tony has some interesting information, but otherwise we'll get on to the, uh, the main event. Um, so Bob uh, Goldsand, uh, Global Solutions Architect for VMware. Welcome to the show. Is this your first uh, time on the community podcast? Uh, no, it's, it's the second time. Right. Second or third time, but Great. first time in this time. But, uh, yeah, in the new studio. Time. Yeah, in the live stream. We need to say hi to people that are watching on the camera. Hey, hey how's it going? Good to see you. We know you're there. You're just looking at screens and microphones half the time. So, uh, <laughs> But it's good. Uh, so we're here to talk about kind of NSX, the topic NSX increases performance while uh, helping you get your ROI quicker, right? So decreasing time to ROI break even. Uh, that's the subject that you have a couple good blog articles out on this, to this topic, as well as you've done, I think, uh, one of these uh, Glassboard presentations on YouTube, which I think is pretty cool. But before we get to the whole topic, we're Community Podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, what do you do at VMware? How long have you been here? And how did you get in the industry to begin with? And where, what have you done? Sure. So I just celebrated my ninth year at VMware. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And um, been uh, with Alliances, Global Alliances, most, most of my career at VMware. And pretty much responsible for driving virtualization of uh, mission critical, business critical databases and applications. So um, I've uh, authored a lot, co-authored a lot of the white papers you see out there on the various uh, database ISVs. Uh, part of that, I was with uh, EMC, so I moved over here from EMC. I was with ah. EMC for seven years in the CTO office, uh, making uh, doing technical due diligence on database and uh, technologies, and recommending whether we should uh, partner, acquire, or fund various startups. 
Yeah, kind of, that makes sense. E, uh, coming over from EMC, a lot of storage. Storage is big in the database world, of course, right? So performance around storage also is probably probably part of your history there. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, speed certified there, so, so one of the few, uh, about 2% uh, of us were speed certified. The actual feeds and speeds. Feed speeds of all the all the all the devices. Yeah. 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 Nice, nice. And then you've been at VMware for nine years. And what have you been doing at VMware? A um, little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. So virtualization of, of databases from traditional databases to uh, uh, NoSQL, NewSQL databases. It was involved in the certification, initial certification of SAP HANA on a 5.5 platform. Mm -hmm. So uh, pretty much anything to do with databases, I've got my, my hands up. Nice, nice. And uh, Tony in the chat says speed certified. I haven't heard that term in a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah. It's like shows you, know, you my age. Yeah, it shows all. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, we're 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 still young. Everybody's gonna live to a hundred some now. So heck, we're just we're just newbies, yeah. right? Um, Okay, so you, you you have kind of a topic you've been you've been running around talking about, which is NSX. Um, before we get into NSX and kind of uh, what you've been talking about, like high-level NSX, or let's talk about you know virtual switches from the So virtual switches are nothing new. We've had vSphere for uh, you know since vSphere 3.x or virtual infrastructure 3. Uh, there was a virtual switch in there, right, which allowed VMs to talk down through the virtual switch to each other, right? So I was kind of on the impression that, yep, you've got the two VMs, three VMs, and I'm talking to virtual switches, right? Uh, which has been there, but now since NSX has come and you've been talking about NSX and performance, there, I'm learning a little bit about you know how that behavior was and that in fact, uh, I was still going out to my network fabric right, to, to, to do that, even though I have a virtual switch embedded in ESX3. So a uh, little bit of history of virtual switches. Uh, what else is there to know about virtual switches before the days of NSX? Well, I think you're, the conception you're talking about is, is pretty much a general misconception okay. uh, out in the, in the field from our customers and our partners. You know, right. we, we assume that uh, if the VMs were on the same host, Right. Then the communications never went out to the physical network. Physical networks, right. which uh, makes sense. But then, when you when you when you think about it, the, a switch doesn't provide routing services. It doesn't right. provide uh, firewall services. That's what NSX does. So, right. uh, in order to to be routable, you have to go out to the physical network. So right. that that is an inefficient model. Right. In some respects, and that's what we're that's what we're here today to talk about, right? Exactly. This is that whole pit, and so along comes NSX, right? And NSX is kind of like the layer that obviously virtualizes the the switch communications, right? Um, and so why don't you tell us a little bit about NSX, and then we'll dive deeper into the subject of optimization for performance uh, in in how you set up this environment. Sure. Well, well, NSX uh, in a nutshell is gives you the ability to um, kind of virtualize network services, right. abstract those network services as you would abstract um, CPU or storage or memory right. within the DSXI uh, kernel itself. So it's just an extension to, to be able to virtualize the, the entire stack. Um, as, as I mentioned, I'm an application database guy. so. From a networking perspective, what's important to me is uh, you know, give me some IP addresses, open some ports, and I'm going to assume that that network's going to be available. That's, that's the extent of, 
what application guys would, would uh, see the network provide. But you know, as we look deeper into the abilities of NSX, didn't realize that you can get substantial performance boosts because of the way it's architected, because it lives in the ESXi kernel itself. And, and those are kind of the subtleties that you're talking about right. when, you, when we talk about virtual switches. So for the most of us sysadmins that run, you know, compute, so let's talk a little about layer two to seven, right? So really what we're talking about is being able to virtualize those layer two to level layer seven communications, right? Exactly. Right. And that's what NSX gets you. And the misconception is that NSX is the software bundle you install somewhere else in a VM, but really it's NSX installing in vSphere that then sets up the ability to run it in the kernel and, and then now you got networking embedded directly in your in your vSphere on your ESX server. Exactly. So those services now emanate from from the kernel itself. So you don't have to go out to the physical network, which uh, it's hard to diagram, you know, right. without waving my own right. arms and stuff. But uh, in essence, what we're talking about is the elimination of network therapy. And myself, again, being an application database guy, network therapy meant nothing. I didn't know what it meant until I, you know, took a deep dive into NSX. And when you can think about NSX, hairpinning is is that unnecessary traffic that's routed from virtual machine layer up to the physical layer, and then back down to the virtual layer. So right. with NSX, you can essentially uh, eliminate that character. Yeah. You can contain all your network communications and services within the ESXi kernel. So quick, so I'm, I'm imagining like a three-tier application. I have my web tier, I have my application and business logic tier, and then I have my database tier. So I have this high-performance database. Probably for security, I have it on a separate network from my application tier. But so even if those two virtual machines, the database and the application virtual machines, are on the same physical Easter host, because they're on separate networks, before NSX, I would either need to route externally to a physical network router, which would route between them, and then send the traffic back. Or I'd have to have maybe like a, a Linux like uh, router or something. So, so now I'm going to a, a full separate virtual machine that's going to break those two networks. Neither of which is really super efficient, right? Um, leaving the machine when I don't need to, or including you know another CPU and memory stack when I don't need to, operating system stack when I don't need to. So, so getting rid of that and just letting that traffic live on the same host if, if it doesn't need to be. And uh, that's a great point. Um, as you mentioned, any three-tier architecture is going to be on different VLANs and different subnets. Um, even when they're on different subnets with NSX and they're on the same physical host, they're routable, they're routable through that network traffic never has been Okay. And so you, you, can also, you can almost think of it as creating um, this network in memory environment. Yeah, that 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 seems the big the, the big the big one. 
you're you're out, you know, you're a systems architect. Uh, how many people that are building modern apps, right, even kind of grasp this concept? I, like, I'm, I'm wondering this, because I certainly didn't understand this until I actually started walking, reading your material. Yeah, well, well, same here. I mean, I, since NSX is so fundamental to the VMware and so strategic with VMware, you know, I, I wanted to find a use case for a reason to get my audience to draw excited about NSX. And um, I didn't know this either until I now we're, uh, we're getting the message out. A lot of our a lot of our customers are now reporting increased performance, and they're kind of uh, reporting it as this unexpected performance thing. And then we explain to them why they're And uh, secondly, we don't want our customers to to find unexpected performance. We'll be able to tell our customers, well, here's why you should deploy NSX, and here's why it's important. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's just enough traffic going back and forth from the from the web tier to the app tier to the database tier, where you know this, the, the whole concept of, of um, you know, hairpinning, right? Which I hadn't really understood that word either. Right? Like, was actually happening with all of these traffic and its latency, right? Um, and because it's not really a, a data movement. Once once the, the traffic is resolved. Then you have probably data transfer that's that's happening that's not as impacted, but each each ping back out to a route to figure out where you're going has got a latency there. And if you're doing enough of those, what's the percentage of data movement versus versus transactions? Then it starts adding up. Sure. Right. Especially when you then when when you start putting load balancers in front of it all, yeah, with a with a modern app that has you know. 20 web servers, load balanced across that. That's just a lot of traffic, a lot of hairpinning that can go on. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and I think as the network uh, architecture gets more complex, as you mentioned, level layer three through layer seven can be, can be virtualized with NSX. So you're adding load balances, firewalls, and uh, this is all contained again within the SSI kernel and potentially contained within a host of intelligent management. So uh, those are all hairpins that lead that are additive as far as the performance degradation where you can control that with uh, So from an architectural standpoint, um, is all of this performance gain contingent on all the virtual machines being on the same post? Because I'm just imagining for a larger application, that, that's just never going right. to happen. I mean, for safety's sake, if for nothing else, you want your web tier split across multiple your application tiers and your database tiers across So um, it, it can't all just be like, oh, I pack everything down to one giant post. Right. And, and exactly. And, and you just can't do that because you can run out of resources. Sure. And uh, uh, the performance gains you're going to get are on, we measure on different modes and things. And when they're on different modes, they still don't have to go out. So you're, you're eliminating that another hop uh, which increases that latency. So for optimal performance, you would want them on the same post, but but you're still going to get a degree of safety, a degree of performance gain, even if they're not on the same post. So you're eliminating that, that airplane going out to the physical uh, to the router. router. Got it. That makes I, I I actually didn't think about that because you know. Web tier to app tier to database tier, each one of those things 
generally is going to go. I mean, I, I guess maybe optimally you'd be on a separate VLAN and your switch would be able to do that. But, you know, and maybe you have a, a, a switch with routing features or layer 3 features. But, but if you're going out to a, host, uh, to a router, then even if you're, you're dropping the packet and it's going to the switch, then you, you're taking another extra hop for a routing decision and then back to the switch and then back to the appropriate host. So eliminating that, that extra hop, that routing decision. And, and, uh on the, on the internal measures, we did some internal benchmarking. And what we, we wanted to do was stay away from uh, benchmarks. We didn't want to do synthetic loads or anything like that. So we, we did uh, look at what are typical day two operations, what are typical pain points associated with warehouses, DVWs, or data marts. We did, we did a remote data load into, into the source database. And the you know, speaking to your point about you know, can't have all the VMs at the same at the same time, these data loads are temporal. So that they're happening at night or they're happening at some fine part of the day. During that day, you can use emotion or workload management to move that VM to the same post when the load is actually happening and then migrate it so These are things that you can't do in the physical world, but it, it, it speaks to intelligent management of your infrastructure. And you know, exposing these relationships, uh, whether they be application to application or database to database, or even a business workflow, what we did was we used uh, we realized now insight to give us that, that intelligence as to when these VMs were communicating and who the which VMs. Oh my goodness! So you just blew my mind there. You're using network insight to see which VMs are chatty and when. Right, and then you could even set up an orchestrator workflow, maybe uh, to consolidate those on, on those single hosts. It doesn't matter which host. And then, so now you have something that automates that entire process. Because you know, and, then, and then maybe if you know you wanted to press a button for all that to happen, then you could use uh, automation to have the button push. Exactly. I mean, that that really is. Uh, you know, this we started off by looking at. even imagine like a workflow where you, you know, to kick off the workflow, something makes a call to the orchestrator that says, hey, consolidate to, you know, pick a host and consolidate everything there, then start, you know, your, uh, your temporal process that, you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter when it happens, it doesn't happen over a four-hour time period. You know, st stage two of that is pull in another workflow that does some analysis, then, kick, you know, for consolidation, kick that off, you know, kick off And, and all of that happens really. You don't 
need a human being to, to watch all that once you've done the architectural work and the discovery work that understand how that process happens. Exactly. And, and um, to that note, I mean, there is, we all work in SDUs for different projects to uh, try to make things like that happen in the future. Um, because, you, you know, think about our DRS solution where right. we balance workload across clusters, but that's not what we're after, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're after locality. We want those VMs that are communicating each other with each other to be as close as possible, if not on the same host. So it's, a, it's sort of a different cost analysis sure, around yeah. placement, but certainly, you know, those are things that we can augment within our, our, our product set. And, and we, we are working um, across BU to, to make things like that happen. Yeah, I can imagine with the distributed resource schedule, which you just mentioned, you know, they, you know, that product typically is going to see, oh, these two high CPU loads. Um, you know, maybe, you know, those need to be separated because they're both loading up the machine. But maybe, you know, as you say, a different cost analysis. Oh, it's actually more expensive to have those workloads separated because of the extra network hop that's going to happen. And, the, you know, those virtual machines are actually talking to each other in a pretty chatty fashion yeah. where, you know, we'd rather hit, you know, 90, 95% capacity uh, CPU utilization on that single host and not separate out the network. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah! Wow, that, yeah. that's exciting. I can, as a vision for the future, that that's really exciting. It, it's really cool stuff. I mean, uh, and I, I think uh, you know the light bulb goes off, and and you know once we talk about this, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, and it's interesting because our customers uh, do what if analysis too. You know, what if I could do this? You know, and I didn't know that. You know, this is right. this gives me another. Uh, control point of, of my infrastructure and my, mm -hmm. and my application. So, couple couple of questions in chat that are interesting. Uh, one is, I know you kind of articulated this by talking roughly around your, your the work that you did to to measure performance. But in general terms, I looked at you know your video where you were showing the numbers on the performance, like uh, virtual switch versus uh, using NSX. Uh, you were seeing a two x to you know. A two x performance hit, uh, improvement on on the workload that you were testing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we uh, it, it gets back to the, the data loads. Yeah. So we, we were doing yeah. data loads, um, and and as I mentioned, it's it's a significant pain point, you know, because you want to shorten that batch window or your the, the load yeah. window because right. once you complete that, you can now turn your systems over to your business for uh, reporting and things of that nature. So that talks to the ROI, but yeah, we. Uh, we were doing loads that took um, roughly two hours, and we were able to complete them in 40 minutes. Right. Um, and those are those are fairly small loads compared to what a typical uh, enterprise would, would do. But you know they would they would be eight to ten hours. You know if mm -hmm. you can cut that in half to four hours, wow, that that that's big. And and that now also it gets. Um, application owners and database guys as champions to right. for NSX, you know, mm -hmm. virtualize right. my network because right. I can now do this. So how real was this um, for, you know, for high latency, i sorry, high transactional, you know, applications that are, that are doing a lot of that? Um, how real is that? And somebody, you know, uh, Michelle Laverick is asking, uh, how, how did you design the test? Were you designing the test in, in order to showcase that number? really what we see certain apps do? I, I would say it's about as real world as, as you're going to get. 
we um, uh, we deployed uh, a, biz, a Oracle BI environment, and um, we deployed it identically on NSX, and we as we did on a virtual distributed switch environment. So no NSX at all, and we ran, we ran these we ran these data loads, and that was the those were the results we got. Um, it was on a typical three-tier architecture for, or three-tier network architecture, yeah. which is about 85% of what you will see out on, in the field. So these are, these are real improvements. The, 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 the degree of improvement certainly will vary. I mean, it's going to, uh, miles will vary. I would say uh, minimally, uh, hard to say minimally, but I would say you're going to see 30 to 40% gains um, yeah, with wow. the most optimized state-of-the-art network hardware mm-hmm. compared to an NSX environment. And we're seeing that with some customers. Right. That's, that's interesting. Um, other, other things that are, that are happening from an architecture perspective. Now I can see <laughs> IBM, HP, Dell buying, building bigger and bigger machines again, right? Because now all of a sudden you're really compelled to have big memory machines where I can put my database, my application, my web, everything sitting right in a single big memory machine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think one other thing I want to point out around the performance is that, uh, Michelle, I would would assume and others, uh, because I wrote a blog had questions about our results and, even our executives here had questions about our, our results and said, this, this looks great, but we need to get it validated by a third party, preferably right. an, an SISO. Uh, lo and behold, um, Deloitte had emailed me reading my blog and, and asked if they could work with me to do an independent validation of our results, which they did. And they used, they used benchmark. They used a, a benchmark, an Apache benchmark. And what they came up was anywhere from a 2x to 7x benefit, and that was dependent on the number of tiers. So uh, right. we didn't want to have our results and just have them out there in isolation. We, we are working on customer uh, references now, and uh, having an influential SISO like Deloitte um, uh, validate our results. In fact, they spoke with me at VMworld last year. So. Uh, that's really exciting. I just have to smile, though. There's a little bit of me that's sarcastic here because uh, isn't this like just having a big Unix machine and putting everything, <laughs> like the database and the web server and the app, running as in on Unix with scheduling, and, and then they just all work in the kernel? <laughs> but, all right. Why, why did you say Unix? Why did you say Unix machine? Why, yeah, why didn't you say uh, VM, mainframe. IBM mainframe? Right? Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of memory and you just run it all in an OS and it all yeah. works. And Everything old is talk. new again. Right, exactly. But, but mobi- mobility is the key here. Absolutely. Yeah, mobility yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you can, you can, if you need to, you can be motion a machine to a yeah. different place and take machines down without... And, and you don't get that on a, on a single OS, single everything yeah. running on a single OS. Well, for, yeah. you know, to your to your point, Eric, like, you know, a giant, you know, a, a box that has 8x the capacity of, of a standard box isn't usually 8x the cost. It's like 10x and 15x or 16x, right? So because it's additional complexity to design those boxes and they're not sold at the same volume. So the manufacturing margins aren't there. Well, so instead of buying, you know, a bunch of those, I could maybe buy just one and then, again, have like an orchestrator workflow that consolidates onto that one just for that one mm-hmm. job and then disperses it. Right. Uh, 
this is the thing that has happened in the industry, right? Right. We had big boxes. We went to little boxes because they were cheaper to make. You didn't have to architect them, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 a lot of work to build a big box where you can have a lot of a lot of capacity running on that, right? You know, where you have thirty two cores or sixty four cores or even Sun and Spark in the day was up to 100, 256 cores, right? Because they're making big database where you can put it all resident memory, run yeah. it really fast, and you don't have any communication to anywhere because it's all just one. Um, where then we split it apart because it was low cost, mm-hmm. right? Um, but now when you really look at it, if you can build layers and then get rid of the, the dependencies of all the nodes talking to each other and put it all in one component, but then have it, as we say, in VMs, separable so if you need to break it apart you can actually manage it and break yeah. it apart right that that you get the efficiencies of being on one machine but the the optimization from the management perspective of being able to break it apart into other places so if i need to put a vm move a vm over v, v motion it to a different place uh you can take advantage of all that and you sacrifice maybe 2x on your performance but you know when you're when you're doing that you need to do it because server is having a hard time or you need to load balance or whatever it is you're doing so yeah it's an interesting thing. That takes us into my uh, another topic that we we do want to talk about, which is micro segmentation, right? And some of the, as you as you start to box things into neat boxes, there's reasons we've have Tom Tom Corm come on saying, "Hey, it's what the application needs now that's important, and we should be able to manage security through micro segmentation, managing what the stuff needs." And now we we get NSX that also we we talk a little bit about that in in your paper or your online YouTube thing. So maybe we should mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that as well because that's an added benefit that you get with NSX and you get the performance at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Micro segmentation, you, you know, in a nutshell, is the ability to, uh, uh, you know, secure your your bring security to your VM or, or uh, apply rules at the VM level rather than at at the data center level. So whatever that VM uh, requires in the way of security, you can you can use micro segmentation to get that granularity. Um, where where that kind of comes into our study, and, and we're we're actually involved in a, in a study right now, performance study, and this hopefully will be part of a VM a, a VMworld session uh, upcoming this year. Is uh, that's another hairpin, right? Going out to that that physical firewall is another hairpin. And when we talk about you know adding security to your to to your VM or or to your application, whatever that may be. If you don't have to go out to the physical network, you're eliminating that unnecessary latency. Now, and I can also secure my VM uh, at the VM level that those right. those features, whatever those security constraints are, also move as you motion that from server to server. That so that's a very powerful feature. And and again, that service is coming from the kernel itself, not from the physical physical. Uh, um, uh, network. Right, right, right. Same. You don't have a network appliance yep. doing that job. Right. Yeah. So as you were talking initially and you said, hey, we don't need to go out to the router anymore, of course, I said, oh, maybe people have layer layer three switches, you know, switches with layer three capabilities. But once you're hitting, you know, that transition from network to network, you're not just going to a router, you're going to a firewall, yeah. right, that is making the decision of whether that packet is allowed to go from the web tier to the application tier or from the application tier to the database tier. So you you have to go out to an appliance, except now you don't. Right. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a virtual appliance. So 
a lot of this taking advantage of this is getting the message out to everyone and and having them rethink architecturally where they're how they're uh, separating up the tiers and where they're putting the tiers. You have to also understand how to get NSX in your environment and make yeah. that happen. So there's a lot of education there. Um, uh, Michelle also asked a great question in the chat here, which is, you know, there there was this battle between the admins, right, the the network admins, uh, NSX versus Cisco, yeah. and uh, how is that playing out? Do you get exposed to any of that? Are we making inroads and in, uh, explaining to people the benefit, and and are the uh, Cisco I, I, uh, network admins starting to come around to some of these concepts? Um, is it still the war is this still war is the war continue? I, I think it's it's softening at least you know from my perspective I th- I think it's softening I mean there's things that that uh, Cisco does well and there's things that we do well and, and one of the things we do well obviously is the elimination of network hairpinning in software you can't do that in right. the physical world so there is kind of a realization that that uh, there's benefits to, to both and, and playing well in, in both environments. Um, but uh, how many uh, how many uh, compute admins are learning networking now? Well, I, with 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 this type of capability, they're uh, starting to to embrace it. You know, em- embrace networking because it's another it's another uh, you know bag uh, tool in their bag of tricks. Right, right. right. And I need an extra thirty percent performance boost. Yeah, do I, I get a raise? So yeah. if I get NSX certified, do I make more money as an IT? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's a great point, actually, yeah. because we we were hearing that uh, a lot, is that as a VI admin, if my my application is performing poorly, what do I do? I add more CPU or memory resources, even if it isn't memory or CPU bound. Mm-hmm. However, uh, with uh, VRNI, or we realize that word insight, you can determine that, well, it's not only... It's not CPU or or memory bound. It's it's uh, network bound. Uh, so you can you can do that migration to increase your p- performance. Got it. Got it. So what would be the size or scale of application that a customer would need in order to see um, what that performance? Is? There's there's got to be some scale where you would even doing the doing the analysis and analysis and asking the question would make sense. And then maybe, you know, what would that analysis be? What would it look like? Uh, interesting question. I, I think it's, it's hard to say, you know, exactly what the size or scale would be. But um, if we get back to our original EDW or enterprise data warehouse use case, uh, the data load that, that's occurring is, um, whether it be small or large, and, and you know, we did fairly small to medium, we're, we're, we're transferring tens of millions of packets mm-hmm. across, across the network. So that latency is additive across the, you know, as your, as your data load progresses. Um, so even in, in small to medium environments, you're going to see a, a gain, mm-hmm. you know, a, a performance gain. Um, but along those lines, we, you know, we are trying to look at, at doing an assessment around, uh, application acceleration, you know, looking at your current environment, looking at the, um, how the VMs are communicating without NSX, and then try to make some kind of an assessment as to what degree of acceleration you would see or performance gain you would see by installing NSX. 
Got it. Got it. Or even if they already have NSX doing the consolidation and getting locality of those uh, workloads. Like I have a customer who has a like an Elasticsearch uh, process that spans four hours or five hours or six yeah. hours. You know, like maybe that customer needs to take a look at Network Insight uh, to see whether you know part of the reason that it's taking so long is is the net amount of network traffic that's going on between those uh, nodes. Yeah, and and I think that also speaks to the ed- education that we need to do is that you know we we had that misconception that when the VMs were on the same host that the network traffic flowed from the VM to VM. Yeah, that's definitely. Yep. That yep. doesn't, you know, so to keep that contained within the host itself, uh, you know, visually you can see how, how that would increase performance. Have you guys looked at uh, load on switches now? Like uh, if, if you are getting rid of hairpinning, um, are we lowering the load on the switches themselves? We must be. And does that lead to us being able to buy lower cost switches? Uh, another interesting question and, and something that we are actually benchmarking in the in the um, in, in with performance engineering right now, and uh, it would be remiss to not mention my uh, partner in crime, Todd Muirhead, who's a performance engineer. We uh, we always work together. We 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 present typically together at uh, VMworld, and hopefully again this year. We did last year year on this topic, right? But that's an interesting point because um, potentially what we're what we're looking into is can you do less, can you do more with less? Essentially? Right. You know, whether that be a, you know, a 10, 10, 10 uh, gig net card versus a one, one gig net card or, or 10 or, instead of 40. Exactly. exactly. Or, you know, a, you know, a version uh, nine router instead of a version 10 router. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any, any, time you delay like a, a new capital expenditure because you uh, consolidated your traffic or kept it off the network, you know, then there's some uh, return on investment there too. Yeah. And, and uh, I think I mentioned earlier that there was a customer that, that we're working with now who, who deployed um, his applications and infrastructure on the latest and greatest hardware and still uh, through micro segmentation and, and, uh, the recommendations through VRNI to be realized network insight, uh, they saw about a 30% performance gain. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, VRNI, vRealized network insights, uh, top session counts, top throughput, um, seeing traction out in the market with regards to being able to now analyze your, your, your traffic and then you know, figure out what you need to do differently. Yeah, uh, above and beyond just the security use case, which oh, was yeah, the right. number one thing that we always talked about with, with Network Insight. Now it sounds like we can do like application analysis. Yeah, app, app analysis. Now. Yeah, exactly. And we are working very closely with, with uh, the product teams. We have a video coming out with, uh, um, with the product teams around VRNI. And uh, that's exactly the case. They, they, realize, they see this as a, as a second, second use case. Um, uh, uh, besides the micro-segmentation, now they can look at, at the application performance and, and tie everything together, which is, you know, I mean, that's where, where uh, the influencers are. That's where the people control the budget. It yeah. is at that yeah. level. So if we can get them to, 
no matter how modern an app you have, it still has to run on hardware and it still has to have network and has to still have storage. It yeah. still has to have all these things, right? We we yeah. minimalize, you know, what we do, right? Because cloud native is so exciting now and containers and Docker and all that. But even when you get there, you know, you, you deploy these things and all of a sudden they're talking out on the network and they have to have storage. And now, you know, the, the more containers you've got floating around and now you've got, you know, you know microservices floating around, with, which are all relying on this network connectivity, it, it starts to get expensive. Absolutely. And and doesn't matter what the application or the database is, the, the two major choke points are going to be the network and, and storage. storage so yeah. if you can, uh, you know, alleviate those two, uh, you got a great story. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder if, down the road, we're going to need to start talking to the to the vSAN team about data locality, which is you know they almost are. Uh, yeah, I scratched my head to. on that one too, right? <laughs> yeah, because you, you know in your blog article you talk about your enterprise storage. I forget what the name of the what you you call where you put all your storage. It's e enterprise storage center or enter, where where the uh, you you have enterprise data warehouses EDWs, ah, okay, right? right? And yeah, you have EDWs, which is like counterintuitive to this process of having your storage, you know, near your VMs, not running through a lot of network traffic to get to them. Right? So. Yeah. Well, well, there is some interesting futures around that. And that is, uh, and, and again, this is, you know, futures and, and right. stuff we're working on with some of our partners and internally is around uh, the persistent memory option mm-hmm. where you can expose, you know, uh, DIMMs to the application as virtual disks. So they're essentially... Um, now you, you, you're, you're operating at, at uh, memory speed memory speed rather than the latency associated with disks. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, now you've, we've tackled the, the network bottleneck with persistent memory. We can tackle the uh, storage bottleneck and all of it within memory. Mm-hmm. Now, that's very, very powerful type of an architecture. Yeah, that's uh, really exciting. Uh, only the Facebook uh, people can see the, the giant smile on my face. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, so uh, we're coming up, uh, we, we still have 14, 12, 14 minutes left. So um, are there uh, training environments where, where where do we learn more about? Are there hands-on labs to talk about any of this? I haven't heard much about this, so it's like a, I'm not sure there is anything there because our, our, our world typically says, here's product, here's how to use it. But yeah. Uh, where do, where do I spend my time learning a little bit more about this? I guess and and just learning more about NSX, right? I think so. I, I think that um, this kind of exposes the power of NSX that um, you know beyond network virtualization. This, sh- this shows how you can leverage it with with the application with the database. Um, to me, I, I think a lot of the education um, is through talking about this hands-on labs. Right. I think it's a good idea. We, we should probably put some of those out. But the dialogue between tuning your apps, right? Tuning yeah, the apps. Yeah. Be get, real like R and I. Getting yeah. getting a dialogue between application owners, the networking team, the uh, storage guys, you know, getting everybody to to, to kind of see the power of of the software defined data center, um, not as not as this abstract thing out there, but yeah. as this real thing. Real and world. Then, real world. And and as if if those silos can come together um, in your, you know, at your customer site, then the as they do their what if analysis, as, here's how I can leverage it. That's that's what I think is the cool stuff. So it's really, um, if we can get people to rethink what they're what they're doing, right. or rethink what they're how they're thinking about 
uh, deploying their applications or databases, then I, I think that's a big win for us and for the customer. Yeah, I, I think that uh, just a two x performance in, improvement, right? Like where <laughs> you, you know, a, a mere people have played with NSX, and there's obviously companies that are adopting it, but mm-hmm. you know, adoption is at at the rate that it is. It's complex technology. You have to really be motivated. Like when you you know went to uh, virtual VMs, there was a big reason because there was a twenty x you know. Uh, physical, you yeah, know, consolidation ratio. Yep, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that that was a 10x, you know, financial, you know, uh, Impact, benefit. Yeah. With this, with a 2x performance, that that can translate into real dollars for an enterprise, right? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, you, because your your dollars are multiplied by that. It's just not the performance improvement; it's the user experience improvement uh, that well, you get by just implementing this. It's stuff. the output right. of the application, yeah. right? Like, yeah. what is it worth it to this company? To have the output of this application happen right. in half the time, a quarter of the time, an eighth of the time. Right? Yeah, and, and and on that note, I mean, what we are uh, uh, internally and, and externally, we're, we're uh, kind of going with with the thing called the CIO initiative. And what this is is uh, kind of proving exactly what you're talking about. And, and if we think about, say, the the business close process, quarter end close process, mm-hmm. where Typical quarter-end close process takes uh, anywhere from uh, four to six days because you're moving a lot of data around. There's a lot of sources, data sources involved in the close process, and it's only getting longer because uh, through acquisitions or whatever, you're introducing additional data sources. Absolutely. If we can cut that data movement time in half, you know, say cut cut the whole close process by eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty hours, whatever that that number may be, then what you're doing is you're allowing your business to uh, stay open longer, mm-hmm. report more revenue, and you know affect the bottom line. Absolutely. So, so as you're as you said, I mean, this is we're not showing ROI. We, we don't want to only show ROI associated with the, the hardware. We want to show what it what it means to the business. What, right. How can the business business benefit by me turning over their their databases to them? earlier, you know, uh, not for the sake of being faster, but for the fa- sake of affecting your business and your business processes. Absolutely. I, I mean, and that's just real world, right? Because exactly. yeah. the, we're talking about businesses that often 20, operate 24-7 in the real world. But at a certain point in a business, you say, well, listen, it's the Friday before my quarter end, yeah. and I'm going to have a six o'clock cutoff yeah. or something like that. Hey, I can't really take any orders. Because now it's going to take me 18 hours to actually close my book. Yep. But what if you could shrink that to, you know, not 18 hours, right? Yeah. So pick a number, like, smaller than 18. That, right. So that means you could take, you know, more orders for longer, you know, and recognize more revenue faster. Yeah. I think this should be uh, a flare to everybody who's considering NSX that you, you should now here's a real true budget reason, not just micro-segmentation, security, that – but here's a way you're going to get performance on your apps, and app performance is critical. And so NSX becomes, a, you can go to your management now and say, hey, I think I can get X percentage improvement, 30%, 40%. Mm-hmm. By doing this, I, we should really accelerate our NSX adoption. Exactly. And, uh, and, it, and that's no small undertaking, right? I mean, uh, virtualizing your network is no small undertaking. But if you have the support of your application guys, your database guys, then then um that that you know makes it a, a lot easier because i mean as an application or database guy uh, you know i always struggled with um you know do i upgrade to the next 
level of, uh, of the database? Do I change my OS? Well, if there's no perceived benefit, then, then why change? Why you know? make a change, yeah, so, to something that's working. Exactly. Right? exactly. There has to be a, per, a benefit, right? Yeah. Like, a, oh, sometimes the benefit is simple as, oh, if I don't make this upgrade, then I, I can't maintain support, which is you know, yeah, critical yeah. for my business. But, you know, if you can make a change and gain thir- 30% performance boost, 40% performance boost, I mean, that's yeah. big. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing we're talking about, 30 40% or, or, or you know, 1x to 2x, in my life, I mean, with VMware, I've always been defending our our platform, our vSphere, as um, very little performance degradation, performance hit from virtual yeah, to physical, right? Right. From five to 10% performance hit, depending on the ISV and the database. We can now run faster than physical. So we're, we're changing that dialogue. We don't, right. we don't have yeah. to say, oh, you virtualize, you're going to take a slight performance gain, but you gain the abilities of virtualization. Well, now you gain the abilities of virtualization, plus you can boost your performance. Right. I mean, this is just something that is not able to be done in any kind of responsible architectural manner on, on a physical system. I suppose you could engineer a big enough box and put your right. database server and your application server on it, but that would be irresponsible. Yeah, and, and it gets back to your original point as you're going to run a, uh, eventually run out of resources, plus do those... Uh, does the application tier and the database tier have to run the same OS? You know, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't care. We have that kind of isolation. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of um, dependencies and obstacles in the physical world to try to do what we're doing in the virtual world. All right. I, so I'm trying not to get too excited about this, but I admit that I'm really excited. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. We, we, we're seeing that throughout, uh, you know, uh, customers and, and uh, CIOs, as soon as, as soon as they get it, you know, as yeah. soon as they, what we're trying to convey to them, it's exciting. I mean, it was exciting to me and, and my uh, Todd, my counterpart, mm-hmm. when we when we discovered this. You know, yeah. So. And, you know, I, I'm trying to keep my inner Michelle Laverick uh, sitting on my shoulder going, hey, is this real? Is this uh, is this is this real? And by the way, shout out to Michelle Laverick. Hey, uh, you know, count on a, a former uh, co-host of this uh, podcast to ask the right questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, welcome back, Michelle. And that's why yeah. it was important to get the Deloitte to independently validate our results. Right. Michelle does have another question, so as long as you're on that. Oh, so, okay. And I kind of know the answer to this, I think. So do physical servers not benefit from NSX? From this performance perspective, it depends how big your physical server is, right? Um, if you've got a single VM on a physical server, no, that's not going to really get you what would the performance improvement that we're talking about here, improvement is not because it's relying on you having multiple things running in VMs on a single server. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 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 was the answer to that. Um, yeah. We're at, we're almost at the top of the hour. So what are you going to plan for 2018? You're talking about the VMworld. Do you get out on the on the road at all uh, with your, your your buddy that you talked about? I forget his name. Todd, Todd Muirhead. Todd Muirhead. Do you guys get out do presentations? Uh, what do you, what do you, what's on the road between now and VMworld? Anything interesting? Um, and where do you reside? Do you reside in Northern California? Uh, I, I do. I mean, my accent tells you differently, but, uh, I'm originally from New York, but been out in California for 35 years. Both my kids are native Californians, but my accent doesn't go away. I'm, I'm, uh, right outside of Sacramento, but my office is in, in Palo Alto and, um, you come down every once in a while. Every, yeah, every once in a while, come cool. in, come in. Uh, got a 
chat with everybody. Right. And, right. So do you get on the road? Do you get out to some V-mugs or do, you, do, they, do they stick you to some events to, to get the message out here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, uh, we're constantly speaking at events. Uh, we have a VM Live coming up next week. Uh, same topic. Nice. And um, nice. going to be working with, with customers and partners on on this. Uh, yeah, so if you're listening to this already, then now you know it all, right? So, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And, and you do have the YouTube video out there. Um, I think... Yeah, yeah, it's a light board. I saw that you have a light board. Yeah, it's a light board. It's on yep. YouTube, and it basically covers everything that we've talked about today in more detail, which is great. I don't know if I can get the URL for it. Uh, and there's a Deloitte uh, testimonial as well So uh, right. for right. Michelle, yep. specifically for right. Michelle. So you, if you're listening to the podcast, you can go search on Bob uh, Goldsand, G-O-L-D-S-A-N-D, just how it sounds, and... Uh, yep. And uh, you can you can you can find this video talking about NSX um, yeah, performance increases um, and go watch that video because it goes through the whole thing. I posted in the chat, but I don't. It's a long URL. It's a it's a YouTube question mark hashtag type of uh, URL. I was going to say it. Like, I can't give it to you. You have to right. go Google that one. Uh, there's also a great blog article out that you that you wrote. So you are you are also a blogger, yay! Right? Yep. We love bloggers. <laughs> Thank uh, thanks for writing that. It's on blogvmbrocom slash apps. I think it's on the uh, apps, and then a date 2016/11, and the title is "Game Changing Day Two Enterprise Data Management Tasks with VMware NSX and VRealize Operation." That is the longest blog title, .html. That's the longest uh, blog article <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. I was reading it. I had to break it up on my screen so I could actually yeah, read I, the whole thing. I, I think that's why they're limiting. Uh, yeah. Part of my titles is why they're limiting the length now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the one. Oh, yes. my gosh. But anyway, that's a great article as well. It goes through everything. has some good yeah. screenshots of you know uh, what, what the hairpinning is and how it works from mm-hmm. VM to VM. So, Go check that one out. I'll and, try to I'll try uh, to find that on our advocacy site and put it yeah. out at Journey and I'll tweet it out. Yep, that that'd be great. So um, thanks a lot for coming in. We're at the top of the hour now. We got two minutes left. Uh, any uh, last words of uh, advice to people who are listening? Uh, no, I, I, first of all, I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, definitely, what we need to do is get the word out. You know that uh, the benefits of of NX, NSX beyond virtual. Yeah, performance two two to ten yeah. x depending. Yeah, forty <laughs> percent to two x to ten x if, if uh, everything is that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but great. Thanks for everybody uh, on Facebook for coming Thanks in uh, and being on Facebook. We appreciate it. We we like uh, we like the comments as always. And uh, sorry to the guys on Talkshoe for the audio issue. Uh, I had the uh, USB in selected to the local mic on my Mac for the first 10 minutes on, on TalkShoe. Oh, no. So people were flipping over to Facebook to listen to us. So pretty, <laughs> sorry about that. We figured that out about midway through, or maybe a quarter way through, so we fixed that up. Um, so and, we put clean audio out yeah, on the feed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Facebook, it was clean. Okay. On TalkShoe, it was bubbly for the first 15, 10 minutes until we figured out, because it was pulling in from the mic and the Mac. Got not it, got all, it. Not all our mics, just for the TalkShoe audio. Facebook was great. Um, so thanks for everybody for being here. We will be on again next week. I think we're booked right in through May now. So uh, as always, fun to do a weekly podcast. Good to see everybody come into the chat and say hello. Michelle, thanks for all the great questions. You should you should come more often. Noon on Wednesdays, California time. Um, every week we, we do it live on Facebook. 
Thanks again, Bob, uh, for being here. And uh, we hope everybody has a great week and uh, enjoy some good barbecue. Yeah. Always mention barbecue. Can I hit the big end button now?